In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. There was once a busload of tourists traveling through Israel. Their guide had just finished telling the visitors about how the Palestinian shepherd typically walks ahead of the flock. At that moment, one of the tourists looked out the window of the bus and saw a man driving a herd of sheep, brandishing a large, menacing-looking stick. Delighted with the opportunity to one-up the guide, he pointed to what he was seeing. The guide immediately stopped the bus, bounded down the steps, and ran over to the man holding the stick. The passengers could see the two men talking together, obviously with a great deal of energy, both waving their hands back and forth as they talked. And finally, the guide turned and walked back to the bus, a big grin on his face. Back aboard, the guide turned to the tourist and proclaimed in triumph, I've just spoken to the man. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that the man with the stick is not the shepherd. He's the butcher. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you see anywhere in the psalmist's words we just spoke responsively the image of a butcher? If, in fact, I were to ask you how many images of God are included in this most familiar of all psalms, what would your answer be? You obviously would not see a butcher. You would probably join most people in saying that the image that stands out for you is that of the shepherd. You immediately think of the shepherd's words, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It is, in fact, this promise of God's presence, even at the extremes of our existence, that has made this psalm a regular feature at funerals or in hospital visits. But as comforting as this psalm is at times, this psalm clearly seems to be about much more. It's more about how we should live rather than die. This psalm is a steady reflection of the blessings that come to us from a light focused on God. It helps us understand something about God and how he deals with us, his people. But the image of God as the shepherd is not the only image that we see in this psalm. There's another one that is just as important, that of God as host at a banquet. Both images of God, of course, are appropriate and important, and because we usually think of ourselves as addressing this psalm to Jesus, we are obviously not making a mistake to think of Jesus as both shepherd and host as well. And for this message, I would like to focus on that portion of the Psalm 23 that portrays God as our host. Allow me to read that section again. The psalmist prays, You, Lord, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell on the house of the Lord forever. Think about how God acts as our host today. 
Christ, our crucified and risen Lord, each time we celebrate the sacrament, not only invites us to enjoy the hospitality of the kingdom, he is our host as we sit down at the sacramental meal, the celebration that is a foretaste of the feast that is to come. In that celebration, he is, in fact, as you well know, both the meal and the host. And inviting us to eat and to drink of his body and blood, does he not out all do all the hospitality stories that you and I can tell? Is he not the example of how we are to act and to love when we are confronted by those who are hurting or in need of our help spiritually and physically? Is it not the task of this seminary to prepare us for that kind of ministry? I must say to you, deaconess students, whose future ministries we are highlighting today, that equipping people to reach out to the hurting and the lost is what you are also to be about. Your role, like those being pastorally trained alongside of you, that role is one of shepherding people under the direction of the Good Shepherd himself. In helping people see Jesus, you will bring life and hope for the weary and the burnt out, and the promise of his strength and presence for those whose souls and bodies need renewal. There are so many in our world today, though, who find themselves standing in what we might call an emotional block of cement, afraid to take God at his word, afraid to move beyond their own little worlds, their own self-seeking goals, allowing the pressures of this life to dry up their spirits. We also have our own blocks of cement in which we often stand. And that's why we need to encourage those people and ourselves at times to be like the Apostle Paul, who, filled with the spirit of the psalmist, declares, I have learned to be content in whatever my circumstances in life. I know how to live when times are difficult, and I know how to live when things are prosperous. I'm ready for anything through the strength of Christ who lives in and with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ, the host, sets a table before us that is filled with hope and new beginnings. He teaches us how to be content and thus offers us the cup of a rich, abundant life to overflowing. What's more, he promises that you and I do not have to go it alone. For the fellowship of our Lord's table flies in the face of our culture, a culture that trumpets individualism, a culture that promotes going it alone. At that table, our Lord opens up to you the beauty and joy of surrendering to him. He makes himself a partner, a partner in our journeys of life, and also partners with one another as members of his body, the church. At that table, he gives us the healing medicine of his word with all its comfort and promise. At that table, he affirms all that he did as he died for us on the cross and rose again to declare his victory over sin and death and all that would destroy life for us. He is a God who lifts us up when we fall, a God who offers us goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. And to top it all off, he, the host, invites us to dwell in his house forever. That does not mean that he wants you and me to move lock, stock, and barrel into the front pew 
of the heavenly temple or sit at his right or left hand at the heavenly banquet table. No, this is an invitation to get into his rhythm and dance steps. This is his invitation to step into a way of life that has no fear of trouble onto a path where we are wholly, completely dependent on him. He wants us with confidence to join with the psalmist in singing, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.